Welcome. You are about to listen to a destiny-changing message preached by Pastor David at Caris Phase 2. Caris Phase 2 is our revival-seeking youth ministry where young people are coming to know Jesus Christ. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. Be blessed as you listen. The Christian life, the Christian journey. Many people think just being in church makes you a Christian. No, these speakers are not Christians. Just being in church doesn't make you a Christian. Being in Christ does. And it's only Christians who can talk about being in Christ. No other religion can talk about being in their leader. Christians, we talk about we are in Christ. But not just that, Christ is also in us. So in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, it says Christ in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In, uh, in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it said, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless, not I. Nevertheless, a, 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 I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I. But what? Christ. Why is he? He lives in me. Ah, Christ lives in me as a Christian. That's what makes me a Christian. What makes me a Christian? Christ, Christ lives, lives in, in me. me. What makes you a Christian? Christ, Christ lives in me. It's a simple definition. Yeah. So when someone says that, why do you say you are a Christian? What do you tell him? Christ lives in me. It's the Christ that lives in me that makes me a Christian. And when someone asks, <laughs> this one is, you don't answer it like that, but when somebody asks you your real address, where do you live? You don't say I live in Peckham. You can say I live in Peckham, but in reality, where do you, I live in Christ. I live in Christ. Christ is in me, and I am in Christ. In the Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seventeen, he said, "If any man, wow, let's already allow. Let's go. Just that, just that statement. Let's read it again." For the last time, very loud. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, where are you? In where are you? In if you are a Christian, where are you? In Your location is in Christ. Hallelujah. And it even gets more complex, and Christ is in you, but Christ is in heaven. So, and we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. We are seated in Christ. I've taught on this before, remember? He raised us together, made us sit together in Christ. So, what makes you a Christian? What makes you a Christian? Why do you say you are a Christian? Because Christ lives in me. That's as simple as that. Not because your parents attend church. Not because you are born into Christianity. You, no one can be born into Christianity. You can never be born a Christian. No one can ever be born a Christian. You can be born a Muslim, a Buddhist, a Catholic, a Hindu, a Jew, a British. But you can never be born a Christian. You can never be born a Christian. Pastor, why? Because my parents are Christian. When I just, yeah, you can be practicing Christianity. 
but it doesn't make you a Christian. Wow. Ah. Uh, but who is a Christian? Excuse me. What makes you a Christian? You can't be born and Christ is already living in you when you were born. If that's what makes you a Christian, then you can't be born a Christian. Christ only can live in you based on your permission and your invitation. He never forces himself into anybody because everybody was born dead on arrival without Christ. Everybody came dead on arrival. That's why you got to be born again. You can't say I was born again when I was born. Excuse me. You don't understand English and logic. You can't be born again the time you were born. Because we are talking about the again, the second one. Again means the second time. Again means the second time. Again means a different time. Another time. Again. Again. When a police, you are with somebody in, a, in your car, or your cousin, and your cousin said, told you that for the past five years I've never driven. I've never driven a car. And you traveled, you, and he's been lying. Never driven. Are you sure you've never driven? I thought you, somebody said you drive. He said, no, I've never driven. And then he said, okay, okay, drive, let's go. You are in the car and the police stops. You and the police said, you again? You in this side again? That means, that, ah, this not there has been there before. Yeah. If you are born again, that means you have been born before. Yeah. You either get born again or you die again. Wow. So you are either born once and you die twice, or you are either born twice and you die once. That's what makes us Christians. Christ in me. Christ in me. So you cannot be born in that condition. Whatever you are born with is your nature. It's natural. Being a child of God is not natural. That's why I said we have been adopted Adoption, yes. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. We have been adopted into God's family. These are the things that make us shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not because of the money we got. Not because of the job we've got. All those things are exciting. But the foundation of our hallelujah is that we have been adopted into God's family and that Christ lives in us and that we live in Christ and we are the children of God. Hallelujah! That means that nothing can take your hallelujah away. Because that has become your reality. Your reality is I live in Christ and Christ lives in me. What's your reality? I live in Christ and Christ lives in me. Can I hear you again? What's your reality? I live in Christ and Christ lives in me. Somebody said, no, 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 let's get real, let's get real. Oh, is there any other reality? I live in Christ and Christ lives in me. That's greater reality than any other reality. But I know you. You're a bad person. I know you used to do this. I know you. It doesn't matter what you know. The truth is I live in Christ and Christ lives in me. He said, beloved, now we are the sons of God. Yeah. 
I used to be a bad boy. I used to be a bad girl. But now, now. beloved, now are we the sons of God. Your ex sent you a text. It's not their fault. It's now up to you to let them know. Now, I'm a child of God. Your rival, the ones who didn't like you, you used to fight with them. They didn't know that now you are a child of God. So when you come to church and your status changes, wear it on your sleeves. And be, live it, live it. Live, don't leave church in church. When you leave church, don't let church leave you. When we come to church and you are leaving, live with church. Don't leave church. Don't leave church and leave church behind. You live with church. Live with it. Live, live, live with church. L-I-V-E. Live with church. Leave when you are leaving. Leave with church so you can live with church. So you don't have to do explanation. They have to look at your life and they will tell that you are a church boy. You are a church. How many of you are church boys and church girls? Oh, I love it. I, I love to be church boy. Man. Some people, they think church is boring. It's true. It's true. That church, you didn't want to be going. You couldn't wait for the church to be over. You hated being in church because it's so boring. Church that you can't tell. Even the priest is sad. Yeah. The church leader is a sad person. They are sad. Come on. So, to be honest, some churches are boring. Some churches are boring. But the truth, too, is if you don't have Christ, even when you find a true church that is exciting, you find it boring. How many of you know, you, maybe you came with somebody some time ago, and afterwards, you asked, how was this? Oh, no, not for me. Ah, it's true, it's not for you. It's true, because you are not for God. That's why it's not for you. But when you meet the atmosphere and the environment of God, it's like fish in water. You put fish in water, it doesn't find difficult to integrate. I know you moved, you moved from Wales to come to London. But why are you struggling to integrate in church if you're already a Christian? You're struggling to integrate. Maybe you're you are not a Christian. You're practicing Christianism, not Christianity. Christianity is Bible-based, community-based, and God-centered, Christ-centered. When you love God, you just love to be with the people who love God too. How many of you can attest to the fact that since you really fell in love with Jesus, when you see people who love Jesus, you just like them? That's that's the truth. That's what it is. This morning I was quoting that scripture in 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. If you love the one who begat, you also love the one who is begotten. Or begotten. Bigat. Some of you don't know what bigat is. <laughs> as soon as you hear bigat, some of you are thinking beggar. 
cheeseburger. No, this. New King James. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. You see how you get born again? That's how you get born again. So that means, that's why I say you can't be born again from your mother's womb. Because this is how you get born again. You can't be a believer from a child. When you're a baby, you, what, how can you believe when you're a baby? To be born of God, you have to believe. And it's not everything you believe. I believe, I believe, I, 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 I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm not an atheist. I just believe in God. There are people who believe in God, but they are still not born again. There's something you have to believe. What are you supposed to believe? Jesus What are you supposed to believe? Jesus What kind of believing makes you a Christian? Jesus is the Christ. You can believe everything. The pastor is good. The pastor is nice. The church is good. You can believe all that. If you don't believe Jesus is the Christ, you are going to hell. Okay, let me put it a different way. If you don't believe Jesus is the Christ, you are not a Christian. Your father might be a Christian, but it doesn't make you a Christian. You have to believe that Jesus is the Christ. The Christ. When we talk about the Christ, that means it's God at the same time and man at the same time. That's the Christ. Because you have to be God to be able to deliver people from God. <laughs> you have to be God to be able to deliver people from God. Yeah. And you have to be man enough to be able to pay the price for man. So he has to be God and he has to be man at the same time. That's what makes him Christ. And you have to believe that Jesus is the Christ. If you don't believe that Jesus is the Christ, you are not born of God. But as soon as you believe that Jesus is the Christ, you are born again. You are born of God. Hallelujah. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Uh, and everyone who loves him who is, be, uh, who, uh, him who begot also loves him who is begotten. Does that make sense? Yes. Let's see if one of these modern translations will put it but, uh, easier. Mm-hmm. And I mean, everyone who loves the father loves the child as well. It's just straightforward like that. Yeah. It's just straightforward. Um, New Living Translation. And everyone who loves the father loves his children too. You say you love God, but you, don't, you can't stand Christians. Your, your love for God is fake. You are lying. Message. If we love the one who conceives the child, we will surely love the child who was conceived. That, I think I like this one. Uh, it's better than the NIV and NLT. This one is very close to the begat, begat, begat. Yeah. If you love the one who conceives the child, you will surely love the child who was conceived. So you tell me you love Christ, but the one Christ has conceived and given birth to you don't like. Your love for Christ is questionable and is dodgy. Right, so let's go back to the things I was talking about. So, well... When you become a Christian, there is a whole journey. So you don't become a Christian because you are in church. But when you are a true Christian, you'll be in church. Yeah. What kind of true Christian is this that doesn't do church? <laughs> 
Tell that auntie of yours, I said she's fake. She's a hypocrite. <laughs> Tell that uncle, uncle of yours, who have been quaffing alcohol, drinking, getting drunk, and has abandoned his wife and gone to sit somewhere, and he says he's a Christian. Tell him I said he will burn in hell. He's not a Christian. Who goes to hell? Anyone who can't go to heaven. <laughs> it's as simple as that. If you can't go to heaven, you are going to hell. So we have to find out who will go to heaven. During those of you who have been to unis or boarding school, during vacation, what do you do? You are going home. So you are just going home. When you get home, you, if, if you have the key or you have the bell, Mom, I'm back. Oh, yeah, welcome. And then your friend comes with you. But your mom is expecting that your friend should go home. Because you're not coming to stay here. Why? Why can't I? Is it not home? No, not, not your home. But why can't it be my home? Because you're not a family member here. Why are you going to heaven? It's for family. It's for family. It's for family. So we those are going to heaven. We are not going to heaven because we are well behaved. We are going to heaven because we are family. Wow. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18 and 19, particularly verse 19. But verse 18 says that through him we have access to uh, by, by one, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. But look at verse 19. I like verse 19. Hallelujah. Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners. But what are we? Fellow citizens with their saints and members of God's... I'm part of God's family. I'm a member. I'm a member of God's family. After church, how many of you are aware that after church, some of you cannot follow me home? You didn't know that? Unfortunately. You can't follow me home. Why? Some people will get to the doors of heaven when they die, and they say, can't I come? The angel say, oh no, this was, go home. Go home, he said, no, I want to come. He said, sorry, wrong address, your name is, no, not that your name is known. You are not a family member. This is members of God's household. We are coming back home. When we, when we die, it's like vacation. We are just going back home, going back home. So I think in First Corinthians chapter 5, I believe, there's somewhere there, oh, sorry, I forgot. It talks about to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. If I'm not here, I'm there. When I check out from this body, I'm checking, out, I'm checking in with the Lord. Whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. So, and then when we are absent from the body, we are present with the Lord. So they were saying that, now I'm not even sure. I'm choosing to go. But because I want to preach and teach you, I will prefer to stay for your sake. Wow. Wow. A Christian dying is not a loss. The angels welcome him home. Say, welcome back home, our hero. Especially if you're a soul winner. If you're a soul winner, angels are always happy because they say, you always make us happy. You always give us party in heaven. Because, you, because of you, angels, sometimes angels are saying, oh, go, go, 
preach away. As you preach, they say, we are, it's about party time because every time a soul is saved, it's party time in heaven. Wow. And because of you, angels are having more party time. Why wouldn't they support you? Why wouldn't they fight for you? Why wouldn't they speak for you? And when you die, you're coming to heaven. The Bible says that you'll be re- you receive abundance welcome to, I think 2 Peter chapter uh, 1, verse 11 or so. Abundantly welcomed. Abundantly says that for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom. Abundant reception. Ab- when you are coming home, it's big time. It's like, just like Team GB. They've gone to win some medals and they are coming. Do you see how all um, football, what's it called? England. When e- England has won and we are, they are coming. It's abundant. The news will say they are, in, they are in. Abundant when Chelsea wins. Abundant when Red Devils win. Abundant. <laughs> I don't think the devil should win, no. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, between now and the time we get home, between now and when? What am I talking about? See, that's what happens in the Bible when Jesus said, I'm going and come. Do, Pastor, do you mean between now and the time we get home from church? Or we get to the Father? So sometimes when you read the Bible, you have to know what it's actually talking about. Whether it's talking about human term in the, that particular statement was relating to human life, just a human term, uh, uh, natural life or heavenly life. Now I'm talking about when we get to heaven. Between now and the time we get home, what are you going to do? What does, it, what does the Christian journey entail? What does it mean to be an actual Christian and to live the Christian life between now and the time you get back home? living the Christian life. Now, God has played his part. He actually chose you. You didn't choose yourself. God saved you. God called you. Anyone who is born again was called by God. If you are not born again, it's because God has not called you. So then God, why should God punish me for not being born again? No, he's not punishing you for not being born again. The whole earth... And angels and his devil, the demon, the devil and his angels, they are all, they don't belong to God. So they will just go home. So it's not that God is going to punish you. He will just send you home. <laughs> if you are not born again, you are of your father, the devil. That's Jesus' ways. That's Jesus' ways. I was born again before my dad. So I was born again, but my dad was of, the, of his father, the devil. I'm just talking about some of you. <laughs> you know, you are living with people who have their father, the devil. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't mean everything they do is wrong. Yeah. But spiritually, they can't come home with you. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Some of you have cousins who cannot follow you to heaven. And they talk against church because they don't understand. And the devil will use them to make you stop church so that you can follow them to hell. I told you the story of a boy, a certain lady or so, a lady, who went, I think she, was, she had a boyfriend, and they went to church together. And the preacher was preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching, and the preacher said, anyone here wants to give his life to Jesus, raise your hand. And she raised her hand. She really wants to give her life to Jesus. But the boy was looking at her, why are you doing that? 
Why are you doing that? You're not going to do this thing now. Let's just sit here. Because, so then the preacher said, if you want to give your life to Jesus and your hand is up, get up and come to me. And the girl was going to get up. The guy held her. No, don't go. Don't go, don't go, no. And the preacher kept calling. That's why sometimes preachers have to keep calling. So the girl sat down. The preacher kept calling. You want to give your life to Christ? Come. The girl was going, the guy pulled, he said, no, no, don't go, don't, don't do that. And then the girl, the preacher was calling, so the girl told the guy, why don't you, why don't, let's go. The guy said, no, no, I, I don't do that. I won't do that, I won't go. Why should I? I'm not interested. But the girl was thinking, but I'm interested, you know. So she tried to get up, but the guy said, no, you don't have to go, don't go. Then the preacher said, God is calling you. Come to Jesus. And then the girl felt like, you know what? I'm going to go. And the guy held her. He said, listen, let's go. The, the girl said, why don't we go? The guy said, I'm not going. Then the girl looked at him and said, if you are not going to heaven with me, I'm also not going to hell with you. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to come with me, but you want me to follow you. No, 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 no. Heaven is home for those who are born again. Hell is home for those who are not born again. You have to choose where you want to go. <laughs> Everybody vacation from boarding school, you go home. When university breaks, when we go for a break, or when we finish, you go home. We will find out where you live. When you die, that's when your real spiritual address becomes obvious. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So now, uh, what is happening now is when you are born again, the Christians, what happens to us is that, number one, we are chosen by God. Say, I'm chosen by God. First Peter chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, and chapter 2, verse 9. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Verse 2. Two, uh, uh, in, talking on this, he said, elected, or other verses say, chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. So we are chosen. Why are you a Christian? So there are so many things in the Bible that you can stand on to explain why you're a Christian. Number one, Christ lives in me. Number two, because I'm chosen. I'm chosen. How do you know who, I, who is not chosen? Ah, see whether they respond to God. When we are, those of us who are chosen, we are, cho- we are chosen and we respond to God. We are chosen in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Let's all read it out. Read it out loud. Let's go. Wow, so when you look at on the earth, God has special people on this earth. Who are they? Those of us who are chosen. So when you are a Christian, it's because you are chosen. Say, I am chosen. Why are you a Christian? 
because I am chosen. Why are you a Christian? Number two, you are not just chosen. We are not just chosen, but we are also called by God to his glory and virtue. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. What does it say? Let's go. Who called us what by glory and virtue? You are a Christian. When you are a Christian, you have been called what by glory and virtue. He has called you. He has called us by glory and by virtue. So, so that's what makes us Christians. We have been called by glory and. What makes us Christians? First Peter chapter three, verse nine. 1 Peter chapter three, verse nine. Not returning not evil for evil or reveling for reveling or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that we were called to this, that you may inherit blessing. We have been called to something. When you are Christian, we are called by virtue and glory, and we have been called to something. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. And quickly, number three. I like this. Huh. I may have to go off on this one. First Peter chapter one, verse eighteen and nineteen. Knowing that you were not, uh, uh, this is where I'm going to have a little bit of a problem. Today I just want to just teach and talk through the thing, but I seem to be, I'm about to get into a problem here. Knowing, that's already allowed. That's why we take communion. That's why we take communion. It's a statement of redemption. <laughs> it's a statement of redemption. We are redeemed. Amen. When you are a Christian, you are redeemed. Amen. Now, verse 18 says that Knowing that you were not redeemed by, so that means you have been redeemed. Yeah. But what brought about your redemption is what he's talking about. Yeah. But as for whether you are redeemed or not, is is not a, 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 an issue of discussion because we are redeemed. We are redeemed. Amen. That's why I said the problem is coming from because, Pastor, what does it mean to be redeemed? It's part of what I said I'll be teaching. Redeemed. Redeemed. Say redeemed. Redeemed. Say redeemed. Redeemed. Can you give us dictionary definition of redeem? What it means to be redeemed? 
Some of you. Your course books, the ones that belong to you. The first page, I'll just write redeemed. All your books must bear redeemed. Redeemed. Somebody asks you, what, what do you mean? Don't mind them. You don't owe anybody an explanation. Redeemed. Every time you are going to study, you see redeemed. You know that you are, you, when you are redeemed, you have privileges. Privileges. Some of the privileges of redemption is the mind of Christ. Someone shout, redeemed! Redeemed! Shout it again, redeemed! Redeemed! When you receive doctor's report, don't, 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 don't forget that you are redeemed. What does it mean to be redeemed? Compensate for the faults or bad aspects of. So when something has got faults, to compensate for that. All right, let's go to the second one. Gain or regain possession of something in exchange for payment. That's the actual meaning. To gain, watch this, this is very important. I, I wasn't going to teach on this, but I think I've, I've gotten a problem here, so I have to do that. To, to gain or regain possession of. So this belongs to me, but I was owing you. How many of you know about, is it <laughs> pawn brokers or pawn crackers? Which one is it? The brokers. <laughs> How many of you know what pawnbrokers are? Nowadays, it's not common. Is it still common? Now diving life is getting harder. You great. And cash converters. Yeah, the same. Almost. Yeah. How many of you have bought anything from pawnbrokers before? Sometimes you buy a mobile phone or even PlayStation from pawnbrokers or cash converters because it's cheaper there than the main shop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you buy a phone from pawnbrokers because it's somebody's used phone, but they didn't have money. So they, needed, they took their phone in exchange for money. So you, were, you really wanted money. You couldn't pay for some debt. So you had to pay with your phone. You had to pay with your shoe. You had to pay with your watch. And so now your watch has been taken by, or has been possessed possessed by somebody, when well, I don't mean demons. <laughs> they, they have possession of your watch. They have possession of your car, especially when they clamp it or they take it out. They have possession of something. So actually, yeah, that's a good one. When you are not paying for parking fine and stuff like that, they come and take your car and send it to the car pound. I mean, some of you have been to the car pound before. Yeah. So send it to the car pound. But you can have it back on one condition. What's the condition? You have to pay the price. Now, when you go to the car pound, how many of you understand what I mean by car pound? Because they seize your car. The police seize your car because you didn't have insurance. <laughs> yeah. You didn't have insurance. Or you didn't. So they take the car. Now you have to go and do all the insurance or you are owing the council or the DVLA for 
non-payment of that road tax. And then they, they stop you at the roadside and they have this bus, they tow your car, they put it on and take it to the car pound. Now, they don't say they have taken the car permanently, but the car is still yours, but you can't have it. Your freedom is still yours, but you can't have it. Your blessings are still yours, but you can't have it. Why? Because it's the justice of God has been breached. The justice of God has been breached, and so we, well, we didn't have ownership of our lives anymore. And we were, we were wanted by the justice of God for punishment. We didn't have ownership of our lives again. But you want your car back. You know, how many of you know somebody whose car has been clamped before? Especially when they clamp it by your house. And usually it's a lot of money, 700 pounds, 800 pounds you are owing. Meanwhile, it was 50 pounds. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's so many, and the court has given you order, whatever. And when they clamp your car, it's always the same line. They said, if you don't pay in the next one hour, we have called the tow car, they're about to take the car. And if it goes to the car pound, every day, 50 pounds extra or 20 pounds extra. So you need, to, you need to, and you have to pay to come and get the car. So it's more complex. So pay it now. And then the people say, I, I don't have money. They say, can't you, don't you have a friend or relative? Yeah. It's always the same line. You have to call a friend, call a relative. But, but they don't owe you. Now relative doesn't owe you. Why should he come and pay? Yeah, but you owe. We don't care who pays. If someone can pay for you, you can have the car. You owe, you can't pay. Someone just have to pay for you. You see now it's making sense. Why Christ died for us. Now before I come to that, I heard a story of a Chinese man many years ago who lives in a city, one of the cities. He was doing very well. He was a very rich man. Very, very rich man. He was doing very well, had money, uh, and he had a younger brother. You know, the kind of family where the older brother is about 20 years older than the younger brother. Yes. <laughs> yeah. well, that, that does not finish. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, he had a younger brother, but he, this rich man, had his family. He's, uh, I mean, he's wealthy, he's broken through. He's in his 50s. But his younger brother was in his 30s. He just got married. And he's now about to start his life from the village. And he's tried, he was planning to even bring his brother to the city to help him, set him up. You know, some of the communities, they help each other. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the Jews, the Asians, and stuff like that. They help each other. So this guy said, one day he met the mission, he was the missionary, I think something. I met him and he was helping him to become a Christian or whatever. And then one day he told the missionary that I'm going to the village. What are you going to do in the village? He said, I have to go. But you will see me again. Why? He said, I'm going. Why are you going? You will see me again. I can't come back. Because when I, I'm going and I will have to die. Why? Because my brother, my young brother, what happened? He went by accident and killed somebody. But the law in our hometown is if you kill somebody, they have to kill you too. 
unless you, one of your relatives is willing to die on your behalf, then they can let you go. But my brother is young. I've finished living my life. I have money. I've lived a good life. My brother is young. He just got married. His life is ahead of him. And so I spoke to my parents. We have agreed that I should come and take his place. Yeah. So he was going to the village to go and die, to go and, and, and stay, take his, the place of his brother so his brother can be released and he will take the place of his brother. I didn't realize that some people practice what Jesus did. Wow. Some cultures. Now, we all, we couldn't pay. And the wages of sin is. Yeah. Yeah. Then Jesus said, I want to come in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 12, and then verse 13. And then the verse 14. Okay, let's what I'm looking for. He said, inasmuch as the children were partakers of flesh and blood, Christ himself, okay, the he there is Christ. Christ himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Is that the end of the story? And to free us, verse, the next verse, and to release, to free those who through the fear of death, were subject, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So we were subject to bondage, but he came. But we are flesh and blood, and we needed to be released. So because we are flesh and blood, the verse 14, said, in as much as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, because we are flesh and blood, he himself also had to partake in the same. So he didn't have to become human being. But because he had to save human beings, he had to become human beings. He had to become a human being. So Jesus Christ became a human being. Why? So he can save human beings. Now, going back to the subject of redemption. Redemption means that something that belongs to you, which now you are gaining possession of by paying a price. Yes. So either gaining or regaining. So you cannot... You cannot redeem your car without paying a price. Mm -hmm. We don't care who pays the price. Where you get the money from, we don't care. Whether your auntie gave you the money, your uncle, your mother, your father, whether your neighbor, your neighbor can come and say, no, I'll pay for him. The one who is climbing the car, is not, it's none of his business. Once it's paid for, you have to release the car. Somebody has to pay for the car to be redeemed. And you and I, under the justice of God, were sold into slavery, the slave market of sin. And you have to be redeemed. But you cannot walk out. Somebody must pay the price for you. Somebody must pay the price for you to be free. And so in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, he said, definitely you are redeemed, but you are not redeemed by corruptible things like silver and gold. That means physical money was not paid for you. But what? By verse 19 said, but by the precious, by the precious blood of the Lamb, by the precious blood of Christ, by the precious. So a price has to be paid, but the price that was paid to save you or to redeem you, to buy you back to God. It was, who was he paid to? If DVL is coming for your car, who do you have to pay to? DVL. Who paid the price? Christ. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. See what it says. Let's all read that. Let's go. One more time. One more time. That means you were bought. You were bought. 
That means you are for sale. You were bought at a price. Do you, listen, you didn't just get up and then they brought you into the house. No, you were actually purchased. Those of you who have dogs, did you catch the dog? <laughs> I don't know if you have dogs. You want a pet at home? You can't go and just catch somebody's pet. Even a fox, you, ca you can't catch it. <laughs> you know the fox belongs to the government. <laughs> yeah, it belongs to the local authority. Yeah. <laughs> you can't kill a fox and go away. So in the same way, you can't just go to town and see somebody's dog, somebody's shoe, and take it and take it home. You know, if you see a shoe and there's no owner, you, can't, you have to take it to the police station. You can't take it home. Yeah. Yeah, the same when you speak 20 pounds from the floor. You are not supposed to take it to Nantos. You are actually supposed. <laughs> Somebody said, listen, it's not a blessing. When you take it, it's not a blessing. I'm not even praying, believing God for blessing. Hallelujah, church. <laughs> Miracle money. <laughs> yeah. The God of Kari has done it again. <laughs> All right. You can't just take it home. You can't see. You want a dog home. You want a cat home. You want a pigeon in your house. <laughs> or a parrot. You have to go and buy it. Yeah. You have to pay a price. You have to pay a price. Now, God, Christ has to pay a price for us to belong to the family of God. He has to pay a price. Now, so to redeem something, you can't, you can't take possession and ownership of it until a price has been paid. And here, what the first Corinthians chapter 6, we just saw, it says, For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify oh uh, girls, girls, girls. Boys, if you're a Christian, you say you have been bought at a price. Yeah. Why are you a Christian? Because I've been bought at a price. Yeah. Why are you a Christian? It said, therefore, glorify God in your body. Don't say, as for me, it's in my spirit. Your body must also be glorified. <laughs> glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. So God owns your body. You are God's property. Your wig doesn't belong to God. It belongs to you. By God. <laughs> it's your wig. It's not God's wig. But your eyelashes too, eh? Is your highlight. Now, God owns you. He owns your body. Say, God owns your body and he owns your spirit. So, whatever you do with your lips, smoking, is God's lips. Yes, my God. He didn't see that Girl, your body doesn't belong to your boyfriend. Tell somebody, God owns my body. Some of you, I know you will say it. 
I said, tell somebody, God owns my body. <laughs> okay, tell another person, God owns my spirit. Why does God own your spirit? Because he bought you at a price. Now, that price he paid to buy you, it's what we call to be redeemed. So anyone who is redeemed is someone who God has bought. God has purchased by his blood. First, I asked chapter 20, verse 20. It says, take it to yourself and to the flock over which God has made you, the Holy Spirit has made you of us here, to shepherd the flock, the church of God, which he did what? Purchased. He purchased. So the church is God's own purchased possession. Yes, so that's what redemption actually means. Yeah. To be redeemed means that you were, you were sold already. You were out there and you didn't belong to God. You were out there and the justice of God was against you and you were owing a debt you couldn't pay to the justice of God because of your sins you couldn't pay. And so you were only good for nothing and you are good for death. Okay. You are good for hell. When I say death, I mean hell. But Christ said, no, no, no. Don't send him to hell. No. The angels of God have taken you. You know when you want to throw a goat or something away? They are swinging you. They are about to release you, you know. <laughs> Some of you, you are in the hands of the angels responsible for hell, sending people to hell. They are swinging you. They are swinging you. They are about to just release you and throw you. And so they are swinging ready. Then Jesus runs. No! 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 Jesus runs. And he said, don't send him to hell. He said, no, he's owing. He hasn't paid. He's owing the justice. You are not owing the devil. But the devil himself is also going to hell. <laughs> he's owing the justice of God. Okay. That God is just. He must punish sin. He must. He must. If he doesn't punish sin, he's not just. Yeah. But God is love. He's love, but he's also just. So his love, I've always given this illustration. You go to court and the judge, the judge said, Today I feel very good, I, I'm, I'm in a good mood. So even though you committed the murder and all the neighbors have come to testify against you and you are, you are convicted of murder and you are bad, a criminal, uh, this person is guilty. But no, today I'm in a good mood. I just want to be nice. So you know what, you go home. Ah! There'll be demonstration. Foul! And that judge will have to be taken off, struck off. But that's not just, that's not, you, 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 are, you are in a good mood, you want to be good, not at the expense of, the, of justice. Yeah. You can't be good at the expense of justice. So, let me tell you the story I told you some time ago. Those of you, some of you were here when I said the story. A man was taken to court and he was owing big, a lot of money, about one million. Yeah. And he was begging, please, please. And the judge said, no, no, he wasn't owing. The crime means that you have to be fined. Right. And the fine was big. He said, please, if you give me this fine, my business will collapse. And the judge was a good man. He was his very good friend. So when he was found guilty, the judge said, well, according to the law, this is the punishment. One million pounds fine. He was, please, please, if you do that, my children's school, everything, please, please. The judge said, no, I have to be, I have to be true to the law. 
you are my friend, please. And just said, done, one million. Pound fine. So please, I gotta pay. If you don't pay, you go to prison. I gotta pay. So during the break, the judge, because he said, he wrote a check, one million. Take it, go and pay for it. So you see, love and justice are working at the same time. So he fulfilled the demands of justice and he demonstrated his love by giving you to pay for what the justice is asking for. In the same way, Christ, God cannot say, I, I, I think I like you, I like your hair, I like your head, I like you, I li- you're a nice person, even though you've been bad, I just want to forgive you. On what grounds? Yeah. On what grounds? Yeah. That's miscarriage of justice. Because he's love and so what? If he's love, he's also just. Yeah. If he does that, he's not just. Why, okay, why should he forgive you and, and not forgive the other one? Why should he forgive you and not forgive the other one? On what grounds? Yeah. Meanwhile, you are bad. He's also bad. On what grounds? Yeah. Well, 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 he said, okay, I have to forgive some people. So then I will actually pay the debt for them. Mm. I'll come as a, because God can pay the debt. So he has to come, it's a human being who was owing. So he has to come as a human being. That's why I said, you are not redeemed by silver and gold, but you are redeemed by the precious. Say precious. Shout precious. Shout precious. You are redeemed by the precious, precious. It's so precious. It's so special. It's so unique. It's special blood of Christ. You are redeemed by the precious. Shout precious. You are redeemed by the Precious, can you imagine? You take very, very valuable, very valuable jewelry. Very valuable. It's been in the family all these years. You take it because they need to do surgery for your cousin. And this is family treasure. But the surgery requires this money. You take it. Some people say, no. Grandma said, no, we can't do this. This is a family treasure. But you look at it, and now it's in your hands. You can choose, that. you can make a decision. But you look at this, and you look at your wife, or you look at your cousin, say, it doesn't matter. This is very precious, because we need something big to pay. The biggest thing in our family, we are going to give it away. So our cousin, our nephew, our niece, will not die, will live. Our niece's liver can be saved. We are paying this price. Jesus, the precious blood of Christ, his blood is so precious because it's sinless. And it's not only sinless, it's pure blood. It's a, a, the blood, the only blood amongst humanity that could contain God. The blood that could contain the life of God. The blood, if you kill somebody, not that one. Not that one. No, not that one. The other criminals who can kill, no, their blood is faulty. Their blood is not pure. The only purest thing on earth had to be killed, had to be given, had to be used as a ransom. So Jesus, Bible says that the son of man, in, in, in the book of Mark chapter 10, verse 45, he said the son of man did not come to be saved, but he came, watch this, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, as a ransom for, shout hallelujah. You know what ransom is? When the Taliban has captured somebody, and they said that, or oh, when a child is hijacked, or not hijacked, um, 
kidnapped. Kidnapped, and they said his family should come and pay a ransom. They've been kidnapped, and they said, if you don't pay this money, those of you when you watch the movie, then he said, okay, your wife is here. Say hello to dad. Oh, dad, dad, please come. He said, dad, dad, when are you coming? Don't worry, my girl, where are you? Where are you? Dad, dad, don't need to call the phone. Yeah. Yeah. You, you better bring the money to meet us tomorrow morning. That's called ransom. Yeah. Ransom, something that has to be paid for some people to be released. And Christ came to give himself as a ransom. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! That's what makes, that's what it means to be redeemed. Precious blood. He had to, he, he was in heaven. He was in heaven and he was he's with God. Bible says that he did not hold dear, but he made himself of no reputation. Philippians, Kababa. He made himself, he made himself of no reputation as though he wasn't God. Why, why would a whole God conceal himself in human nature and be a fetus in a woman's womb? God, why would you do that? God, why would you do that? God, why would you do that? How would you do that? It's just, it's just like um, she's so cold. And then you decide she's, she's cold. She, oh, she's not feeling well. And it's like she's choking because of the cold. And then you begin to take off your dress. Oh, let me. Ah, you disgrace yourself. You can't take, some of you, you can't remove your shoes because of the nature of your socks. Your socks will, will humiliate you. But you reduce yourself because you wanted your, your friend to be happy. You took off your shoes because your friend was not feeling well. And you needed shoes. And you humiliate yourself and expose yourself. Christ made himself of no reputation. And he became a human being. And as though that was not enough, and he became obedient to even the death on the cross. I was telling my wife the other time, Pastor, yes, I told my wife, because I saw in the Bible, in the book of Acts, the commander said to um, the, 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 the king or the governor yeah. that he was in Judea area mm-hmm. and there was a lot of commotion. So he rushed with his soldiers and went and he saw that they have caught Paul. Yeah. They were about to kill him. He said they were about to kill him. But when I found out that he was a Roman citizen, mm-hmm. He said, when I found out that he was a Roman citizen, I went for him. Mm. Because Roman citizens cannot just be killed. How did Paul become a Roman citizen? He he wasn't in Rome. Mm. But in those days, instead of Rome fighting some places, they won't fight. They said, when we fight, we'll run you out, we'll run you over. But you can willingly decide that you are going to be a Roman colony, and then you'll now be paying taxes to us, to Caesar. Mm -hmm. If you're happy, then we'll give everybody citizenship. Mm. So that's how Paul was from Tarsus, and Tarsus was Roman colony, and anyone who was born from Tarsus, or a national of, uh, uh, anyone who was born in Tarsus is automatic Roman citizen. And he says that when the centurion heard that, he went and told the commander saying, take care what you do, for this man is a Roman. You can't just kill a Roman. You can't kill a Roman citizen. Do you know where, where this is going? Do you know where this is going? He said that, the commander said, when he was giving the report, he said, I heard the noise, and when I found out he was a Roman citizen, I took him with my soldiers. They, he said they were about to kill him. 
They are bad. But when I found out yourself, because you are a commander, you saw you allow romanticism to be you lose your job. So he said, when I found out, why did Paul have to be a Roman citizen? If Jesus had become a Roman citizen, there's no way he would have died on the cross. Oh. Romans, it was against the law for a Roman citizen to be executed. It doesn't matter what he has done. You can't kill a Roman citizen on the cross. So at that time, to be a Roman citizen, that, that's why I said, this man was seized by the Jews and was about, they were about to kill him by them. Coming with the troops, I rescued him, having learned that he was a Roman citizen. When I found I was, why didn't Jesus become a Roman citizen? He couldn't have died for us. Yeah. Wow. So even when he was coming to be born, he went lower because he could have been born as a Roman citizen. Jesus could have been born as a, but if he had born as a Roman citizen, he wouldn't have died the way Paul would have died, but because he was a Roman citizen. Telling you, wow. Jesus reduced himself so low. He went lower than Paul. He went lower than anybody. And he was not born in the palace. He was born in a manger, even not a hospital. He wasn't born at the right place. He reduced himself. He made himself of no reputation. When you look at it, when you saw him, hey, my friend, excuse me. That's God. That's God. Who cares? Get out of here. Hey, cut me down. Get out of there! Today we don't have enough, we don't have enough trees. They treated him like an ordinary person because they never knew. Why? Because he chose to make himself. He took off his glory. He took off his glory. He emptied himself. He, 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 it's called a kenosis. He emptied himself of his glory and was found in the fashion as a man. He was found and became obedient, verse 7. He became obedient even to the death on the cross. Yeah. Come on, why would you die on the cross? A prominent man should die on the cross. Because you know when you die on the cross, they strip you naked. Mm. Ah, Jesus, look at the number of people who were following him. He was, he, was, he was like more than a celebrity. And we've killed, you allowed them to kill you naked and in public, in the center where everybody will see. They were looking at Jesus. People look, ah, look at him. Ah. Innocent man. God decided to be born to have sex organs. Wow. Even though he didn't need to use them. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you are getting excited. <laughs> he didn't need to use them. And they strip him and you can see God's sex organs. Wow. In, the middle of, uh, in, the, mid, in the middle of town. Town center. And everybody was looking, look at him. Somewhere spitting on him. Why, why, why would you do that? Because it was all price he was paying just for you to be redeemed. Shut up, redeem! Shut up, redeem! He went through all this. So that's why the cross of Christ is so central to the meaning of Christianity. The meaning of, without the cross, we can't have Christianity. Because we can't have the children of God. We can't have forgiven people. And we can't have redeemed people. When you are redeemed, your redemption must be judicial. It means that it, it met all the requirements, the detailed requirements of legalism or legalities. All the legalities that, that surrounded redemption, he paid it all. So it wasn't like God said that I feel, I feel, you know, I feel good about you. Forgive. Forgive you on what grounds? 
Forgive. Somebody must pay for your car to be released. Yes, Lord. Yes. Somebody must pay. And he said, I'm going to pay for you to release your life, not your car. To release your life. To release your life from the indebtedness we had with God. So that's why Romans chapter 5, verse 2 says that we now have peace with God. Hallelujah. Yeah. We, verse 1 said, now we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace. We have peace. We have peace. We have peace with God. We have peace with God. Just in case you are here and you feel that God is against you because of your bad behavior, I want you to know you can have peace with God. Don't stay in that condition. Don't stay there. You are not being smart, apart from a smartphone. <laughs> Don't stay in your state when you can be forgiven and you can have peace with God. There are people you see on the street and people, some people are here. You don't have peace with God. You don't have peace with God. Even coming to church was like, <sighs> one day, if this God thing is true, you know you are in deep trouble. You know, if this God, and which is true anyway, if this God thing is true, you are in big trouble. Mm. But why do you have to stay in that condition? Mm. When your sins can be forgiven. Yes. When blood has been paid for you. Yes. The debt has been paid for you. Because the truth is you can't pay it yourself. You've been trying to be good, but you keep getting bad. The more you are trying to be good, the badder you get, and the worse the pressure. He said, for a price has been paid. You have been purchased with a price. 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 He said, having redemption through his blood. Colossians. Colossians. We have redemption, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. Says, verse 14 particularly. We have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. In whom we have redemption through his blood. Forgiveness, redemption means our sins are forgiven. Please, you have to understand this. When we say forgiveness of sin, God cannot forgive sins arbitrarily. Okay, he doesn't have what it takes to say, I cancel your sins. Why? That's not justice. Wow. That's not justice. How can a judge just look at somebody and say, I can't see your sins? Excuse me. Yeah. Who pays for that, the, the, the debt of that sin? Who, 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 you can't just. So he said, don't worry, I'm going to pay myself for you. Wow. So he came and reduced himself. Even though he was God, he reduced himself simply so he can come and pay for our sins so you can be redeemed. You can be redeemed and be a child of God ready for heaven. When we say thank you, Jesus, it's not because of food. It's not because of results. It's not because of money. These things are better. These things are not anywhere near the original thing. When we say thank you, Jesus, we mean thank you, Jesus. We mean thank you, Jesus. Because we are redeemed, we are not on the slave market of sin where Satan can easily reach us. 
when you're on the slave market of sin, God is wanting you. The one who can protect you, you are at enemy, uh, enmity with him. You are not at peace with the one who can protect you. And so it makes you, at, uh, you become, uh, you become vulnerable. Satan, that's why Satan afflicts people's health easily. That's why he afflicts people's life, your education. He afflicts your mind. That's why you are, you are going mad. Wow. Satan can afflict you anytime because Satan has access into your life. But when you are redeemed, when you are redeemed, when you are redeemed, when you are redeemed, can you imagine you buy a dog to your house? Maybe there are a lot of, fo- let's assume you can even do anything to a fox. Not the one that is owned by somebody. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You touch my fox, I'll prosecute you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When. You see, these bean men, they sometimes leave their gloves on the floor. You can throw it away anyway. But not the one that is in his house he has put in a frame. You're going to throw it away? He will say that this is a very important uh, glove for me. It came from my great-grandfather who was a bean man. You want to throw this away? It might, have, it might not have value to you, but it has sentimental value to me. You can throw it away. And they'll protect it. When there's fire, they'll go and take that one first. Came from a great grandfather, they would go take that one from the room. When you belong and you are precious and you are treasured, Satan cannot easily come to you and have access to you. We can pray, ah, oh, we can pray for you. But if you are not redeemed, Satan has easy access any day, any time. Stop that going around. Please, please say one for me. See, please pray for me. Stop saying that because we will pray for you, but the devil will come again. What we have to pray for you for is that you come to Christ and be redeemed. Shout out, redeem! Shout out, redeem! Said for you know, knowing that huh, you are not redeemed by silver and gold from watch this silver and gold from from. Corrupt from, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. When you were born, there's something inherited. The reason why you like boys like the way you do and it's out of control is because you inherited it. It's a human nature. The reason why you like girls the way you do, the reason why you like pornography the way you do is human nature. Have you ever seen angels watching porn? They don't need to do it. Human beings, they watch it. Some of you, the whole of last night. It's a human nature. But you can be redeemed from that corruptible nature. He said we are being redeemed from the aimless conduct that we receive by tradition from our fathers. Because you are a human being, when they gave birth to you, you inherited human nature. That has become your problem. That's why you are still gambling. That's why you are sleeping around like a horse or a dog. But you can be redeemed. You can be redeemed. You can be redeemed. You can be redeemed. Because I'm a redeemed man. Yes. I'm a redeemed man. When you see a Christian, don't think he's a small person. He's a redeemed. He doesn't owe God. He doesn't owe God. But even the, 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 the more serious thing is that, the more serious is the debt we owed, somebody came and wiped it out. By using his blood to pay for the justice of God. Because the wages of sin is there. But a sinless man, he has never sinned. So he shouldn't be the one to die. Come on. 
He should, because the wages of sin is dead. And so if you haven't sinned, you are not supposed to die. But he died for the sinners. He died for the sinners so that the sinners can live for him. He died in our place so we can live. And so if he came to die, why didn't he die from the beginning? He couldn't die from the beginning because he had to live a righteous life for 33 years. Watch this. He had to live a righteous life for 33 years and accrue, accrue interest of righteous life, righteous life. And so what happens is that when he takes your place in death, you take his place in life. Hallelujah! Shout hallelujah! Shout hallelujah! This is why the gospel is called good news. Writer says, the vilest offender who truly believes. <laughs> the vilest, vile, vilest offender who truly believes. That moment from Jesus, a pardon receives. The vilest offender who truly believes. That moment from Jesus, a pardon receives. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus saw the man who couldn't walk, who was crippled in Mark chapter 5, chapter, chapter 2, verse 5. And he looked at the man and he said, son, your sins are forgiven. 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 Hey, hallelujah. Your sins are forgiven. The vilest offender who truly believes that moment, not tomorrow, not last week. That moment from Jesus, a pardon receives. That's what makes us Christians. Not because our father is a Christian. Not because our mother is a Christian. Not because we just come to church. Don't think we are just a Christian because we come to church. You are making a mistake. We are Christians not because we come to church. But we are Christians because we have received pardon. You have received pardon. You have received pardon. And the pardon we have received is judicial. We have received judicial pardon from Jesus. He is the only one, the only human being who can look at anybody. And the only one, of course, in the entirety of universe and creation to can look at somebody and say, say, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. He can give you pardon. Why? Because he is not arbitrary. He came to pay with his blood for the sins of the whole world. Behold, John 1:29, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. He did not come to be saved, but he came to serve and to give himself as a ransom. So for many, not only you. Many, but not for every single person that lives. For many. But there are people here who are part of the many. I'm a chief many. I'm a chief many. 
He said in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14 and verse 15, verse 15 particularly, he said, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ came into the world. Why, why did Christ come into the world? To save sinners. To save sinners. To save sinners. Save them from the devil. No, no, no. The devil is not the problem here. From the justice of God. How can you escape the justice of God? How can you escape the justice of God? The justice, the wrath of God is against you if you're a sinner. The wrath of God is against you. That's why you don't have peace with God. You don't have peace. Somebody must step in to say, Lord, have mercy. That is why even on the cross, when they were killing him, he said, God, forgive them. Because he died because of them, those who killed him. He came to die to forgive. Ah, he came to die to forgive those who killed him. On the cross, he wasn't crying out for vengeance. He was crying out for mercy. 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 He could not hold it against anybody. Because the reason why he came was to pay the price for the sin. The sin that you and I have committed. Good news for the fornicator. Good news for the pornographer. Good news for the thief. Good news for that bad girl. Good news for that bad boy. And good news for the good people. Good news. Good news. Good news. Good news. I'm a Christian because I have been redeemed. 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 That Muslim who thinks he understands, he knows anything about Christianity, they don't have a clue. That Buddhist who thinks, they don't have a clue. That one who said me, I used to go to church, I was born in the church, and I attended mission school and all that, and I know about Christianity. Hey, please stop, you don't. They didn't tell you. That representation of Christianity that was given to you was the wrong one. It was the wrong one. That what you think you know about Christianity, you are far from the truth. You don't know. I've been in church. I know about it. You don't. You don't. You don't. You can't tell me that this light is the same as that light. Maybe you have never seen a candle. If you have seen a candle and you have seen a noonday sun, there is never a way you can say they are the same. Those who say Christianity is the same as every other religion, it's because they don't know. You can't see the light, the, the sun. Or even when you go to the stadium, those floodlights, those floodlights, some of them are thousands lumen, thousands of lumens. Very bright, you can't look at them. Just bright, you can't compare that to candle. If you say they are the same light, that means you have never seen a proper light. If you've seen the light, there's no way you can say there's no light. That's what Christianity is about. We have redemption. We have redemption. We have redemption. There's, there's no problem between God and I. Yes, I have peace. There's no, I have peace with God. I have peace with God. You have peace with God. Even after you are saved, when you sin again, after you have saved, Jesus came to give himself as a ransom for many. He came to die for sinners. Sinners. In Mark chapter, um, I think chapter 2 verse 17. He said, I came to save the sinners, not for the righteous. He says that 
When Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick, they are those, they, they are those who need it. I did not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. Jesus didn't come for righteous people. Is that not good news? So those who think you are not good enough, they are mistaken. Yeah, they are, no, no, they are not mistaken. They are right. But they don't, what they don't know is that's why Christ came for you. He, I preach a message that Christ came for the bad guys. Yeah. If you are good, you are, you are, you are, he didn't come for you. He said, I came for sinners. So what you, the contribution you need to do for your salvation is your sin, which you already have. You have sin. And Jesus came and said, are you a sinner? Listen, if you don't admit you are a sinner, you can't be saved. Uh, you didn't get it. You cannot be saved until you admit that you are a sinner. You cannot be saved until you admit that you are a sinner. That's why we have to preach the gospel that makes people know that they are sinners. Yeah. The bad gospel they've been preaching from America and it's all over UK that God loves you. You are such a wonderful person. There's nothing wrong with you. There's everything wrong with you. Yeah. There's everything wrong with you. Yeah. And that's why you need a savior. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. For whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. have been dropped. <laughs> Hallelujah. No more charge against me. So Romans chapter 8 verse 1 said, there is now no more condemnation. There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. There is no condemnation. There is no condemnation. Listen, when I say I love Jesus, you should know where I'm coming from. It's not because he gave me money. Those are petty things. Not because he gave me a wife. Those are petty things. Not because he gave me a job. Those are petty things. Anybody at all can get a job. Anybody at all can get a wife. Anybody, not everybody at all can get a wife, but anybody can get a wife. Anybody can buy a car. But when Christians, Christians, please, especially African Christians and American Christians. Let's, when we are saying thank you, Jesus, let's not re re reduce it to material possession. Please, don't do this church because of a husband. You have insulted the blood that was shed to save you. He said you have trampled upon underfoot the blood of Jesus. Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 6. I think verse, verse 6 or verse 5 and 6. He said, you have trampled underfoot the, 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 the precious blood. He says that so you have crucified again the Son of God and have put him to open shame. All right, so go to the 10, 29 then. The Hebrews 10, 29. How much more, what's funny, do you suppose will be, will, be, will be thought worthy who have trampled the Son of God underfoot and have counted, that's the thank you for putting that have counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the spirit of grace. Because all this church thing you are doing is just for money. It's just for money. 
It's just for a boy, so that boy will marry you. Just for a girl, just for a job. That's why all your testimonies are about money and job. Wow. Why, are your, why is your thank you Jesus only based on uh, money, job, rich, how many of us can have? Your thank you Jesus must be found. The basis of it is redemption. Oh, Lord. Oh. Oh. I'm saved. It's not just that I'm saying I'm forgiving. Don't you understand it? I'm forgiving. I'm forgiving. I'm forgiving. God looks at me and he says that he's innocent. Ah. God, are you sure I'm the one you are talking about? Yeah. He said, innocent. Ah. Because I came in Christ. The songwriter said, and when he comes with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found. Watch this. Dressed in his righteousness alone. Faultless stand before the truth. Come on, come on, come on. When he, she shall come with trumpet I love this one. Oh, may I then in him be found. Dressed in his righteousness. Dressed in his righteousness alone. Faultless stand before the throne. Faultless stand before the throne. Oh, when he shall come with trumpet When he shall come. Trumpet Oh, may I then in him be found. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Dress in his righteousness, not my righteousness. Dress in his righteousness alone. Listen. These things we sing, people don't understand. Say, when he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, my biggest desire, may I then be, in, be found inside him. Say, at that time, may I be him. You take church light and walk away from church. One day the trumpet will sound. May I then at that time be found in him. Be, uh, when he comes, I'm inside him. May I then. And he says that I'm dressed in his right, not my because my, Say, my righteousness is not good enough. How many of you know that? Your righteousness, even down that you are in church, your righteousness is still faulty. You're you're trying. So you resort to the fact, oh, when he shall come, we trumpet Hey, Oh, may I dress in his righteousness alone. Dress in his righteousness. And then you stand faultless. Ah, ah, you mean somebody can stand faultless before the throne of God? You? When would that happen? When can you ever look faultless before God? Even the people who live with you, they're having problems. Even you yourself have problems with yourself. When? I said, I want to stand before him faultless. It can only happen when I go in his righteousness. When I go in his righteousness. When he shall come, we trumpet sound. Oh, oh, may I then in him be found. Dress in his righteousness. Dress in his righteousness alone. Faultless stand before the throne. God bless you for listening to the amazing message. We pray your life can never be the same. 
Don't forget to like and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube and listen to more messages from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms. You can also connect with David Entry and our youth ministry at Caris Phase 2 on Instagram and TikTok and at Caris on Campus on Snapchat so you're always up to date. Be blessed.